Welcome to the 931 Podcast, a podcast dedicated to talking about growing the church in Canada, hosted by Heritage College and Seminary in Cambridge, Ontario. Join us as we talk about a wide variety of topics related to the spiritual health and growth of the Canadian church. All right, welcome to the 931 Podcast. My name is Dan Shell, and I'm the Marketing and Graphic Design Manager here at Heritage College and Seminary, and we are excited to be relaunching this podcast to help equip the church to grow in a healthy way in Canada, and uh, we are pleased to be joined by Dr. Doug Thompson. Dr. Doug Thompson is the Director of Music and Worship Studies here at Heritage College and Seminary, and we are glad that he can join us and be a part of this discussion about worship and music in the church. So, Dr. Thompson, welcome to 931. Thank you. It's good to be here. All right. So, as an introduction, kind of a get to know you, uh, let's start in getting to know Dr. Doug Thompson. How how did God move in your life to bring you into worship ministry? Because you do have an extensive background in the music industry and um, also studying in worship and theology. So uh, I guess, how did God put you on this trajectory to uh, this place of worship ministry, but also teaching? Well, I guess uh, it starts way back when I was a kid. I started playing piano and organ in the church when I was like 12 years old, believe it or not. And uh, so I was uh, deeply involved in the music ministry in the church from quite a young age. And um, I went to Western, got a bachelor's degree in in music there. It was a couple of years after I graduated, when I was, uh, after I was married, that um, I went to a series of meetings in Toronto. And uh, I was there for a week uh, at these meetings. And at the end of the week, I, I kind of consecrated my life to the Lord in the way that I said, whatever you want me to do, I will do. Up to that point, I'd been in secular music, but um, an opportunity came right after that decision uh, for me to uh, go to a church. It was uh, Faith Baptist Church in St. Thomas, and they asked me to go there right like completely out of the blue and uh, look after their music and and uh, youth ministry. And uh, while I was um, on staff at the church, I thought I, I needed more theology. Uh, I have a music degree already. So I went to Tyndale and uh, got a master's degree in theology. And um, while I was at the church there, uh, the college here, Heritage College, it was in 1987, they called me to come here and to start a music program. Uh, so I started the music program here from scratch with two students. And um, after I got going here, I thought, well, I need a master's degree in music at, at least as well. So I uh, went back to school and studied music. Uh, conducting was my major. And uh, was music and, and education combined. <clears throat> Since then, I've uh, gotten a, a doctorate in uh, theology, in worship theology as well. But um, yeah, so in 1987, the president of Heritage, uh, back then it was actually London Baptist Bible College, 
called me up and asked me if I'd be interested. And so I started the program from scratch and I've been here ever since. Wow. So I guess with all that time and starting it from scratch and watching how this gone, what's been, I guess, the greatest joy for you in serving here in Heritage in this specific role? Well, the students are obviously my greatest joy and uh, more specifically just watching students um, grow and mature and go out from here and start affecting other people's lives with uh, the information and the passion and the theology that we've instilled with them here. I guess um, lately... Um, I've been really uh, exercised about helping people and their understanding and attitude about worship itself. And um, just watching people's attitude about worship change um, has been a really exciting part of my ministry here. Mm. And and I guess that goes into uh, a big part of what you've been doing in the program. A big focus has been developing Christian leaders who are competent musicians, but also deep theologians. So um, going into just defining that for people, I mean, uh, how do we go about doing that here at Heritage? And I guess, what is the impact of that into the local church as well? Well, I think... um I think it takes a number of people, a number of classes, and uh, input from a lot of places to develop people um, to be both competent musicians, thoughtful theologians, and devoted followers of Christ. And so we've designed the program here so that uh, students actually get a major in Bible as well as a, a major in music and theology, uh, or worship theology, I should say. And um, uh, a lot of the courses that we offer here, you would also find in secular universities, um, piano lessons or vocal lessons, theory, music history, those kinds of things. And there are a lot of courses in theology and Bible that they take as well. And then we have courses that kind of combine those two aspects so that we start understanding the theology of music as well as the theology of worship, how to apply both of those disciplines into a unified philosophy. Yeah, so can you talk about that a little bit more in terms of, there's, like you said, there's these two theologies, right, that um, we maybe uh, mistakenly merge <laughs> too, uh, too many times or um, get confused about. And like you said, like you're watching students come in and after this have that clarity and that wisdom to then uh, serve in that way in their uh, church context. Uh, can you explain those two theologies um, and briefly and how they work in tandem and how they are separate and how and a, a good knowledge of that and why it's important to know that they are two separate things and how they work together i think i think in the church um we have come to think in north america that worship is the music that we do in the service we'll often hear someone say we're going to worship now or we're going to do worship or how was the worship this morning i think the understanding that the music that we do is the only worship that we do 
uh, is starting to pervade our thinking, and it's very dangerous because worship is is so much more complicated and pervasive in our Christian lives than just the music that we do in church. I think the music that we do in church is important because it's corporate worship, and it allows us as the body of Christ to worship together, with the emphasis maybe more on the together than on the worship or the music itself. The reason we go to church is to be together with the body of Christ, is to rub shoulders with other Christians and to uh, get admonished sometimes and encouraged, hopefully a lot of times, and to do some exhorting as well. And so it's it's a very dangerous thing when we start to think that music is the only worship we do. There are primarily two words in the Bible that are translated worship. One is uh, the word proskunein, which refers to kind of falling prostrate before a being that is greater than yourself. It's that idea of holding this person or this being in awe and wonder. And the other word is uh, leitrigia, or laturain, same word. And that refers to the idea of service. It's kind of the idea of all of life is worship. And so, for instance, in uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it talks about this is your reasonable act of, and it's uh, the word leitrigia in there, either service or worship. And some translations translated service, some translations translated worship. But it's the same kind of thing. And so it's really important for us to recognize that all of life is worship. And when we get together to worship corporately, it's just worshiping together. And we're getting together, we're rubbing shoulders, we're hopefully maybe knocking a few rough edges off each other, and we're doing this thing together as a family. So to, to, to confuse corporate worship with the only worship we do actually cheapens the concept of worship tremendously. And uh, that's one of my passions is to help people recognize that how they drive their car, how they interact with their neighbor, how they um, reach out to non-Christians, all of life, all of those things hopefully is done in an act of worship because because we are in Christ. So at a local church level, what, what you're saying has a really deep impact in how they view God. Yes. In terms of not just corporately, but outside. Like, so do you see in our circles or in our churches or local churches that are uh, looking to, I guess, um, teach that or to teach that heart for God and that heart for worship in everyday life? Um, How does, I guess, corporate worship connect with that and help them to see that throughout their daily life uh, whenever they gather? So I feel like there's an element to where uh, corporate learning Worship can teach that in some way and point people to that, not just on a Sunday morning or whatever their context may be. I feel like 
there's such a value to understanding that uh, when you get together corporately and bringing that understanding into your daily life. So how does that happen, I guess, in the local church? Well, I think we need to um, train the leaders, first of all, to understand uh, what worship is and how important worship is in our life and how pervasive it is in our lives, not just on Sunday morning. Um, Because quite frankly, the Sunday morning singing time is a pretty easy form of worship. Uh, how you drive your car or how you think or the service that you offer God, those, some of those things are, are a lot tougher. And so um, we need to train the leaders to train the congregations what worship really is and that we need to be worshiping God all the time. We need to be even, for instance, loving each other. Uh, I mean, the, the, the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your neighbor as yourself. I mean, the, the, the act of loving each other the way we love ourselves is really an act of worship to God. And it's, one of the, it's a tough thing to do. Singing a song on Sunday morning is not that tough. We can teach the congregation, worship leaders, I think worship leaders should be allowed to have 90 seconds or maybe two minutes every Sunday morning, maybe before we start our first worship set, to just teach the congregation a little something about what worship really is. And then, apart from the verbal, there are nonverbal things that we can do too. Worship is not, should not be a stage centered event. Worship needs to be a congregation-centered event. And so when we turn the lights down on the congregation and we have all the spotlights on the stage and on the worship leader, the worship team, we're saying to the congregation, okay, you sit and watch us do worship. I think the light should be down on the stage and the light should be up on the congregation because... As the worship leader, I'm like one of the least important people because I'm trying to point people to God. So that's one of the little nonverbal things that we can do in worship. Another thing that we can do in worship is to recognize that reading the Bible, for instance, is an important act of worship because worship needs to be formational as well. So... I have my congregation read the Bible together uh, frequently, every Sunday, in fact. We read the Bible together. We have scripture reading that involves the congregation. We actually uh, sometimes uh, read a prayer together as well, because worship is not this concert thing that happens on stage. It's much more an atmosphere of family, where we're reading together, we're singing together, we're learning together and we're growing together. And that impacts even the songs you would choose or the songs that you would go through in terms of uh, church leaders, like you said, being equipped to understand and be taught to understand this theology of worship is definitely going to biblically define uh, what songs you sing and what the impact on the congregation themselves and into this everyday life that you're talking about. So I guess talk about from a corporate standpoint, worship um, about song selection and how church leaders can maybe think about 
putting the gospel in the mouths of the people that are in your congregation for that encouragement to a life of worship. Yeah, one of the values of 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 singing lyrics is that it makes the lyrics more memorable. So I I'm pretty careful about the songs that I choose uh, to teach my congregation. Not that there's a ton of songs out there that are actually bad or wrong, but but some of them are pretty fluffy. And I think it's best for us to sing songs that uh, are theologically sound and have theological depth and uh, bring those biblical texts to our mind when we're singing the, the tune and just remind us of the things of God. I also think it's important to move, uh, especially when we get together, to move some of that head knowledge to our heart as well. And so um, just bringing the emotion of our love to God uh, in corporate singing is actually also an important thing. Right. So I guess for church leaders out there that are resonating with this and are saying a lot of amens right now, listening to what you're saying, uh, and they want that for their local church, and they want that for uh, maybe their volunteer leaders that are doing worship, uh, and they really want to instill that in uh, that call for every day in the corporate. How? I guess, how do you do that as a church leader, um, maybe as a pastor even of a small church that has a really faithful core that are getting there, doing the music, doing that? And um, I guess, how do you go about helping them, point them in the right direction to have that worship connection or that worship, that understanding of true worship as they plan out their Sunday services? Yeah, I think it's important to uh, to get some training and just refresh and renew your perspective on worship by going to a conference or a seminar, having someone come into your church. I, I was just um, in a church in Hamilton the night before last doing a two-hour seminar with their worship teams, and um, they were pretty astounded, actually, by some of the ideas that I presented, and they they seem to really be thought-provoking um, ideas that um, really grab them. So I think uh, just some training and renewing, going to a conference or having someone come in can really, even there's some excellent books, a lot of the books about worship uh, these days are really well-written, very biblical, and uh, reading a book together as the worship teams uh, can be very valuable as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the pastors out there, how, again, to like, it's them bringing in, but if there's um, some way they can be encouraging a worship team to instill this, is there something practically maybe that you can think of in terms of like pastors encouraging their teams? Um, One of the things I think that's really important for pastors to remember is that the whole service is an act of worship. So... Uh, singing a song, reading the scripture, praying together, submitting ourselves to the reading of the Word of God and the preaching of the Word of God is all a unified act of worship. And if we can 
think about the whole service as being our worship to God, not just submitting ourselves to the, the Word of God through preaching and reading, but also submitting ourselves then to what we've learned through that preaching and reading. And um, just having the whole service as a unified thing, I think, is a really important thing for pastors to put forward as well as worship leaders to put forward. Mm-hmm. And I think the interesting thing that you'd highlight there is even with every element too, right? With preaching being something of an act of worship, when we put the context within just music, we often miss that. And uh, I guess how, how I guess in your description, how would uh, preaching fit into this theology of worship for the pastor and how can they, what would help them see that as a part of, the, encouraging their people into a life of worship? Um, some of the writers have, um, I think I'm thinking of one in particular, has put forth the idea that um, a blended service, rather than thinking of a, bl- of a blended service as one that has hymns and contemporary music, uh, this guy thinks a blended service in a different way in that he would say that there are three areas where people are most likely to encounter God in a service. One is, is the word, one is the table, and one is uh, musical worship. And so maybe a blended service would be recognizing that those three areas are the areas people say they're most likely to encounter God and to blend those three areas and put those as the three most important things in every service. I know I, I say this a lot in my classes and um, it's, it's very rarely practiced, but the New Testament doesn't give us a lot of prescription about what should be in a service. There are some descriptions, but not much prescription. But the one thing that is prescribed, and Christ tells us every time we get together, we're supposed to remember the Lord in communion. And um, and that's something that we rarely do. I would like to see us, I would like to see us have the practice of doing communion every single Sunday, because I think it's a great and important and commanded act of worship. I mean, yeah, I think it impacts a lot of the ways shifting this perspective impacts a lot of the ways that we approach how we do church and how we're also teaching our church to grow spiritually in every day. And I appreciate the feedback, but there, I feel like there's also an element too. And you'd mentioned going to visit a church and just talking to their worship teams. There's a real element of discipleship that's involved with these teams. Like they're getting together each and every week to prepare these things. And when they have a deep understanding of worship, that is a really deep and impactful way for spiritual growth to be in the word together and to talk about why they want to focus on maybe this scripture or do this song. How do you see uh, the development of musical worship and corporate worship specifically as a discipleship tool, I guess, within the local church? Well, uh, I mean, the worship team itself can act as a small group and, um, and they can, they often do actually get very close to one another. And so I think there's a lot of spiritual value in, in getting close to, to Christians and learning from each other, maybe doing a Bible study together. 
um, also learning um, from outside the church, and then being seeing your your team or your, or your worship leader as discipling the whole church in what worship is. So there's ways that the church can help the worship team grow, but there's also ways that the worship team can help the congregation grow as they understand worship better and as they teach the congregation what worship really is. Well, like you said, it's not from the stage anymore then, right? It's something that you're doing this together. And I think that's something, and you kind of mentioned before, even the whole, almost the genre, the contemporary versus the mixed, right? And um can you touch on that a little bit more in terms of, do you feel like that is a worthwhile discussion in, uh, in terms of the local church? Or uh, is that more something that we need to be wary about, maybe separating that togetherness? Well, I mean, I mentioned before about church, like more of a family atmosphere than a, than a uh, concert atmosphere. And um, in a family, we have... Uh, four or five or six people who have different interests, have different ideas. And in a, in a church family, there's, there's obviously the same thing. And um, so there are people in our congregation, some of them like classical music, some of them like contemporary music or folk music or jazz or hip hop or whatever. And uh, we have to recognize that the style of music that is presented um, is not always going to be exactly what we think is our most favorite style of music. But we put up with that because we know that there are other people in the congregation who like that style. And quite frankly, style is like the least important thing. The Bible never says a single word about musical style, but we make such a big fuss about it. It is a... That was just a total side note on my part because it was just when you said that it just kind of tweaked even for me the togetherness of the church too, right? When you almost have this contemporary group versus the classical group. When you said that corporate worship should bring us to a life worship, not only individually but together as well in every day life. So uh, we won't ask you to do a musical rendition today of any of your favorite classics, but I really appreciate you coming to talk about this really important topic and helping equip the church in Canada. So thank you very much, Dr. Thompson. Thank you for having me. 